Hi there, and welcome to Putting the Squid to Bed, a podcast about creative people and their craft. My name is Tim Lenko. I'm a writer and performer, and on this podcast, I interview creative people about why they create things and how they go about it. The show is named after an image that I have found so helpful. If you're anything like me, you know those moments when you've nearly finished a project, but then you find another touch you could add, another loose end to tie off, or another rough patch that needs ironing out. It's like trying to tuck a squid into bed. Just when you get two or three arms under the covers, another four or five have popped back out. Projects are rarely finished so much as they are surrendered. And that journey of discovery, creation, and surrender is what I ask my guests about. Hello there and welcome to episode four of Putting the Squid to Bed. In case we haven't met, hi, my name is Tim. Today, I'm really feeling the title of this podcast. Uh, Besides the projects that I'm writing, all having different wrinkles and wrenches that are being thrown into the works, this podcast itself seems to be having legs that resist being tucked in. (laughs) Last episode, I mentioned that uh, I'd be talking this week to a mixed media artist, and um, today I'm sitting across from a (laughs) singer-songwriter. Scheduling seems to be a funny thing, and um, I mean, why not? It, It... why wouldn't a podcast about creative surrender require a little bit of it in its making? Um, so all that to say, I'm incredibly excited to introduce you to the guest that I have. Uh, today, my guest is a Canadian-born, Brooklyn-based musician. She's one half of The Layawakes, a husband-wife duo that makes really beautiful, diaristic indie folk pop. Uh, she's about to release a brand new solo EP, Kara, which is an exploration of the birth of her daughter. Uh, She has a background in classical piano and earned a master's of music in composition from New York University. Um, NYU is where she first started songwriting and composing, and uh, it's taken her around the world. And she's collaborated with dancers, film directors, artists, and fellow songwriters. Please welcome into your ears, Anna Paddock. Anna, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks, Tim. I'm excited. Totally. So where are you calling from today? I am calling from Riding Mountain National Park in Manitoba. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, yes. A few summers I spent uh, close to Dauphin. There was a Bible camp just south of Dauphin, and it's really close to Riding Mountain National Park. Oh, yeah. Yes. I'm familiar with the camp, too. Oh, that's great. And how's your vacation going? It's great. It's a little bit extended, so I'm getting some work in. But yeah, it's been a wonderful break away from uh, city life, as it always is. Yeah, oh, that's fabulous. Um, so this is going to drop on August. The EP's out the 3rd. Yes, August 3rd, right? Right? Okay, yes. Yes, totally. I'm ex- I'm incredibly excited for people to hear this. I, as I was listening through... Um, I, I, one of the times I listened through, I was in my RAV4, my windows down, the dusk uh, sun was shining, and it was giving all of the fall vibes. Mm. It was a really... Perfect. Totally. So, and I was trying to explore, like, whether or not that was intentional, or whether that was circumstantial in my own subjective experience of it, it being close to autumn... Or whether that was an intentional thing, and like I'm, I'm definitely getting, um, uh, like the the sense of bittersweet beginnings 
that 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 happen in the autumn, like in the content that happens in the autumn when um, um, summer's ending, new things are starting. It's strange. Did you aim for a sonically autumn fall uh, sound, or was that a happy accident? Yeah, I don't think I aimed for that. I mean, if anything, it probably took me back to, you know, more of pushing to winter, but like end of fall in terms of November, December. So, you know, I guess it depends where you experience fall in North America. But in in New York, you know, November is still pretty fall-like. You often don't have snow and whatnot. So in a sense, I would say I wasn't aiming for that sonically, but... The content is definitely, you know, sort of this, are we beginning something or are we ending something, kind of holding both of those things in balance. Yeah, totally. It seems to be holding a lot of excitement and trepidation. Yeah. Yeah. So how are you feeling with um, this EP on the cusp of being released to people to hear? I'm feeling really excited. I mean, I've, I've told people that are close to me that for the first time, well, it's been over 10 years since I did something, you know, kind of a solo project anyway, I've only done one before this, Mm -hmm. but, um, this has been the sort of the easiest thing I've ever worked on. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, I've been really excited just that it's turned out sonically, um, Mm -hmm. great in my opinion, um, that it wasn't, hard work really to do. I mean, I don't expect things to be easy, but it just was. The writing of it was really fast. Um, The recording of it was fast. Just didn't have a lot of hiccups. I don't know if that was sort of me being like, you know what, I don't have time to, and I don't, that's the truth. Um, Right. Overthink things or sort of rehash different ideas. But all that to say, in this case, it seemed to be the right approach anyway. So yeah, I'm feeling really excited. I, I do really think it turned out great. Yeah, I think it turned out really great too. And I can't wait for people to hear it. Um, it's interesting to hear you talk about how time was such a limitation. Um, I imagine a big part of that is being a mother. Um, you got three kids, right? Yes. Yes. Three young kids. Yeah, so to have both the inspiration and some of the limitations uh, coming from the same place is a is an interesting thing. It's kind of how life is, hey? Totally, yeah. Yeah, and I think I used to, I mean, we might get into this more, but I used to devote, you know, a lot of time to writing and just sort of making myself do it, whether I felt inspired or not, and just the craft of it, and I'll write a song about this, and I'll write a song from this perspective, and... um and then now I just, there's no way I have time to do that. And so I've sort of yeah, had to relearn if and how. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yes, I do definitely want to get into the craft and how you protect a pattern of creativity and, and reserve your time for that. I'd love to go back earlier, though, first. When did music start for you? When did you start uh, first finding it something that resonated with you and then turn the corner into being quite serious about it? Um, not till, you know, after university, really. Like, I, I started piano at a really young age. I think yeah. I was four. And that it always came pretty naturally, like classical piano. 
but I never imagined pursuing it or I don't even know if I thought that was an option. Like it was just sort of my world hadn't been opened up in that way. Yeah. And then I did end up majoring in music in Mm -hmm. university, but I mostly just majored in playing volleyball. So I didn't, you know, (laughs) like I didn't really, I don't know what I was thinking, to be honest, like who does at that age, but some people do, but I, you know, I certainly was just sort of being, I was always a very disciplined person, but that's kind of where I got my joy just in like the day in, day out of whatever I was working on. Um, yeah. Surprise, so strength and a weakness that I didn't have a lot of, um, you know, forethought into what I was going to actually do. But yeah. um, but I was very disciplined. <laughs> no, totally, that was uh, that was on my in my, you know, on my side for me. Absolutely, but. and in that practice of, uh, uh, developing all those muscles, all of that psychology of sticking with something and finding a way to be disciplined and to follow through on whatever you set your mind to, like none of that's wasted time, even though you didn't know what exactly. you were going to devote all your life to, you were developing as a woman, as a person who could follow through well on whatever you did decide yeah. to do. That's really cool. I hope so. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I hope so. Getting there. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you talked in an interview with um, Canadian Beats about how biographical fragments, I love that word choice, um, mm-hmm. biographical fragments are what you pull out and find inspiration for a lot of your music. It's a lot of like slice of life, taking these moments and really diving into them and, and reflecting on what's there. Um I'd love to hear a little bit more about that and how that is part of the inspiration for all of the stuff you write. Mm-hmm. So I think that for a lot of the layawake stuff that Patrick and I have done together, that would be the answer for this para EP. I would just say it's uh, pretty autobiographical. There's yeah. not much, you know, added or if anything, you know, like someone was, you know, I think before that when I would maybe perform songs and, you know, people say, Oh, I know what that it's about. And, um, you know, you're kind of like, well, you might know what it's about or you don't. And I don't mean that in a, in a kind of snarky way. I just mean uh-huh. it wasn't about anything that was entirely true. Right. It might have uh-huh. inspiration from that era of my life with a little story that happened to me last week. Whereas the, this project, I mean, I don't think there's any sentence that isn't a hundred percent true, which is unique to yeah. sort of the way I often write. That makes sense. So by biographical fragments, you mean you're, you're plucking this little seed out of your experience. Um, and for the lay awake stuff, you're, you're writing, uh, songs that are like, you know, it grows out of this seed, but it's a big mix of you and Patrick's life. And then, um, a bunch of fun storytelling. Whereas with Cara, yeah. And then with Cara, it's all basically just telling the story of your experience. Yeah. I mean, not, not in its entirety, but for sure. And I think if I had more time, there would have been more songs. I mean, there's a couple that aren't yeah. recorded, but yeah, it's more just, um, a real concept EP and that it's just about a singular time of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, I'd love for you to share, a just like the tiniest bit about, um, what it explores and what it journeys through. Um, for anybody who's interested in possibly listening to it. Yeah. So, um, 
our third child, Kara, was born in December 2019. And I'd had two, you know, healthy pregnancies, healthy children. And this pregnancy at 30 weeks was sort of stopped short, mm. very out of the blue. Um, within a few days, I was hospitalized with sort of this no chance of not being hospitalized. Like, you know, it was kind of suddenly got very serious. So it was an interesting sort of stay in the hospital for me. I was in wonderful health, um, mercifully, but I just mm. mean that part was sort of this strange thing where I felt great and there was nothing wrong with me. Um, but, you know, it was kind of anyone's guess what the birth would be. You know, people thought she might make it, she might not, she might need a trachea, she might need dialysis. Like they couldn't mm. see anything, you know, medically speaking, there was no fluid, so they couldn't tell what was wrong. So it was just sort of that no one knew. So that was sort of its own unique chunk of time. Mm -hmm. um, one of the songs on the EP was written during that time because I would like wander around and play the hospital piano. And like I didn't have to stay in bed. I was sort of supposed to, but I didn't. Mm -hmm. um, and it was a very restful time for sure, actually. Mm -hmm. Like even though it was sort of scary. I mean, I had you know, I was pregnant with two toddlers essentially. And so yeah, not anything I would wish upon somebody, but I actually had a lot of time to myself and, and yeah. felt physically great. Um, yeah. so then, you know, kind of skipping ahead when she was induced and it was a very critical birth and she stayed in the NICU for maybe six weeks, which, you know, we, even that was sort of like, will it be months? Will she ever breathe? Will she ever eat? You know, it's sort of a long waiting process. Um, but anyway, you know, I'll kind of mm -hmm. skip over some of that, but that yeah. was its own journey. And we, we switched apartments to be near the hospital and we had a mm -hmm. lot of uh, support and help from our church and our moms and dads. And, um, yeah. and then a couple months later we found out she had a rare disease. So she kind of presented with enough stuff that they're like, okay, we should do the full genome sequencing and, and see what's going on. And then as everyone knows, that was right as COVID hit, but we were kind of, um, at least at the beginning of COVID, I always say we were sort of already prepped and primed to be like pretty tucked away, kind of, yeah. It, yeah. you know, inward focused, which is what was required of us at the time. Um, so, it, so then since then her, you know, a little bit of the project isn't just about that because the first, even now, you know, she has a lot of struggles, um, but there were some real challenges in the first couple of years too and really mm -hmm. it took until last summer when she would have been two and a half or just over that I finally had a few days to write the songs mm. so you know they were they were kind of like in there but it was pretty um yeah. you know it's not that it was um not that no one else has gone through something similar but it was pretty full-on for a couple of years really uh so it's not like yeah, yeah. Yeah, until, you know, hospital yeah, stays and surgeries and um, things like that. Yeah. Once it let up, so a little I, bit, then there was time. There was a little bit of time. Yeah. So that was sort of a very, I knew there were some song ideas in there. And then last yeah. summer I had a chance to be alone for like a week. And that's just mm. when I wrote them all. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, l last episode, I was was speaking with a music therapist who was talking about how songwriting is one of the treatment modalities that uh, she has available for her clients. And um, hmm. that 
the the two different things that they can do, the two different approaches is um, to either distract oneself from one's pain or to examine Mm. and reframe their relationship with it. And mm-hmm. um, so as you talk about this, it, it, I, I, I hear it being such a gift where you're able to then engage with, like it's really mm-hmm. a really courageous thing to dive into that mm-hmm. story that was such a mixed bag and be able to mm-hmm. engage with and examine and reframe your, your relationship with the pain as well as the gift. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's very cool. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, in that uh, same interview with uh, Canadian Beats, you used the words unveiling or winnowing to describe your songwriting, uh, which are such evocative words. Did, do you feel mm-hmm. like those describe the process for you this time when you had that week and you were able to finally put those songs together? Um, yeah, I think... Maybe unveiling still would be a good word. I'm trying to think like it, it really was sort of much faster. I, I guess yeah. I've always written songs fast because I like to just write them, leave them. I don't, I'm not like the biggest editor. If it's not a good song, I'll just write another song. You know, not, I, that's sort of my approach. Like I'd rather just write more songs than, yeah. you know, necessarily try and f- make it the best song. But, yeah. um, which could be a strength and a weakness, but in terms of winnowing, like, yeah, a little, I guess, you know, not to make it sound easy, but I, I will stand by that for some reason it was just easy. Like it was almost like I hadn't had a chance to, to kind of properly be alone and reflect that when I finally did, it was like, Oh, there's, it's all here. Mm -hmm. You know, the stories were there, the, creativity sort of way that I wanted to explain it was there. I just hadn't had a chance to, which, you know, even going forward is sort of encouraging to me and how to continue like being creative and that the way that I would choose to be, you know, disciplined about it or devote a ton of time to it is just simply not what it will be. So I'm like, okay, so if I don't do any writing for eight months and then I have five days, I sort of actually trust that like, there's enough in there if I can kind of yeah. get alone that it'll come out. Yeah. It's almost like you've put a bunch on the, the compost heap and, and, and let it yeah. sit. And then you can come and dig right. it out. Yeah. Yeah. So when yeah, maybe you, that's what this was. Maybe this was just digging it out of a big pile. Yeah. That might make more sense in this huh. case. So when you went into that week that you finally found yourself with and you were aware of, I've got these stories, I've got these ideas what was your process of then digging into it and beginning to adapt it into music? Well, I, I mean, I have like for years sort of the same general process in that I have these same books that I like the same brand of, you know, notebook I've used forever. And that's where I would sort of at least write down lyrics. And I generally write lyrics almost exclusively first. I don't know that I've ever, yeah. So I'll like be like a, yeah, I'll just journal the story journal things out, Mm. write things out. And then, um, and then add music after. But, um, Mm. in this case, I had a few that were already like some musical ideas, uh, like with lyrics in play, like with Mm -hmm. some lyrics in place. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like starting from zero. 
but um I, I don't remember like moment for moment, but again, it was sort of just quick. Like I soon figured out how many songs there would be based on the lyrical content kind of that I had. Mm-hmm. And then a good friend of mine who ended up um, mixing the, uh, the record. I, you know, my, for sure, just a downside is that I don't even like the idea of having to record a demo and just risking chords not working and you know like I hadn't recorded much so he came over one day and just made sure he set up the you know home home little studio very primitive but mm-hmm. easily he did it and that also was a nice deadline yeah because yeah. then I was like okay well if he's coming then I better have these demos ready and then you know I hadn't done this in a while where I used to record kind of full-fledged demos like put in guitar parts and drum parts and just at least try my hand at it and it had been a while since I did that, but I did do that with this, like mm-hmm. nothing close to how well I think everyone played on the record, but at least to flesh mm-hmm. out more ideas of what I wanted. Um, you know, I had bass yeah. parts and some drum parts and some horn parts. And yeah. so then I just added that in and that was, it was all fun. That's yeah. really cool. So you're uh, like a multi-instrumentalist, you're playing a whole well no i mean i'm oh. just putting i'm i sorry i just mean i'm putting them in on the keyboard like synth gotcha like synth samples yes no no i did not drum anything ever in my life oh. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah but you're laying out in this demo you're laying out a map of like it's a helpful tool yeah. to communicate to the people who do record with you this is what yeah. i'm picturing yeah right yeah that makes knowing that sense. they'll do it a lot better but yeah but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you've got the vision. Yes. Yeah. In this case, I had, yeah, I liked the demos. Like the demos were fun sounding That's in their cool. own way. Yeah. That's really cool. So do you find a lot of similarity in, in creating a demo like that, a lot of similarity with your composition? Like when you're writing for a dancer, when you're writing for a film, do you find a lot of similarity or is it a totally different brain space? Um... Yeah, I'd say it's pretty different. Yeah. In what ways? Um, so like the times that I've done stuff for like film, which is which has been a while, you know, to be quite honest, and mm-hmm. I never had a did a ton, mm-hmm. but um that seems to be so much more like following um the directions of the director or you know, really trying to kind of emotionally map out the scene and like mm-hmm. um, hit things at exact certain timestamp points. Um, I guess sometimes, I mean, and generally, no, I mean, I haven't written like a specific lyrical song for a film. So that would be different yeah. too. And then it's just instrumental. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, maybe not an entirely different brain space, but much more like calculated versus sort of you know, letting it kind of come from a space where I'm just saying exactly what I want. Like usually that's sort of what I remind myself. I'm getting caught up. I'm just like, just say it, like, just say Mm -hmm. what you're trying to say, (laughs) which is vague, but that's often how I encourage myself. If it's like, I'm getting caught up in something, just like, just remember it, just say, just say it like that. You know, I love the, I love singer songwriters. Truly. I mean, of course, not all of them, but I just mean, I love the genre and that I love like going to hear somebody tell me about something just in the way they want to tell me about it, you know? Um, yeah. 
so that's different than you know, basically working on someone else's assignment or something, but yeah. Totally. Yeah. When you talk about having to get the, the music to emotionally match timestamps, the, the unfolding of a scene, it's a totally different math than, um, yeah. your stuff. Cause I, in this, you're the writer, the director, the star performer, you're, you're putting it together. You, yours is the only timestamp you have to pay attention to. And, um, right. It's a totally different math. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. I like it. That's cool. So what is your personal um, pattern in terms of bringing other people into your project? Because like songwriting can be incredibly isolated or incredibly collaborative. Um, at what point do you bring someone else in? And what does f- asking for feedback look like for you? or asking for input and collaboration? Um, well, in this, I'll speak about this project, not that it's so different yeah. from other ones, but um, for this, my, in terms of the writing and editing, I'm not sure that I got too much or asked for too much feedback, you mm-hmm. know? Um, I would have probably just sent the demos to Patrick, my husband. We weren't in this. He was in Ontario at the time. Mm. But he's definitely more of like an editor sort of person in general, you know, which is good. He'll sort of find things that he could suggest. But the writing was, you know, I don't know if there was a word change. Not that I didn't edit it or like change a little bit, but there wasn't really any feedback there. And then I had to sort of mess with, so there's five songs and the second and third song, I mean, ho- hopefully on the record, they don't sound like too similar, but they're, they're mm-hmm. at one point I was sort of, they were all one song. Huh. Um, and so I had to, you know, play with that some and I, Patrick and I would have discussed that and how to kind of figure that out. I mean, live, I sort of do play the one into the next, but um in terms of other musicians, that part again was pretty easy. So I, I work as the music director at a, the church we attend. Cool. And that's been a really just wonderful job. I love it. And um, I give a lot of credit to the music directors before me because they sort of built up just Set the ethos and yeah. And, and the, even the musicians that we get to hire um, were basically all from the music director before me. But I've stuck with them. They're so they're so wonderful. So I, yeah. you know, at one point last last summer, I just asked them all if they'd record, and I said, "Don't worry, it'll be quick. You know, it'll be like one day." And um, they were all on board. So I also had a lot of just ease and mm. confidence with this group of people because we play together yeah. um, a lot of Sundays, and um, you know, they're all professional musicians, and this was just one little, you know, Wednesday for them. But yeah. at the same time, I knew that they knew me and, and would do their best and they did. So that part was also just another easy part. It wasn't like, it was just like, they all said, yes, you know, I yeah. didn't have to go finding a drummer or this person's unavailable. Yeah. And so we sort of just approached it. Um, we rehearsed, we rehearsed twice. That made a big difference. So I've mm-hmm. never done that recording before where I just got the whole band to rehearse together before going to the studio. Mm-hmm. Um, but that made it so much faster. And they're, 
they're great. Like, I don't know if I really turned down any one of their ideas, um, but they had some, you know, they had the odd yeah. change or the odd, I think you should do this, or I didn't like your mm-hmm. drum sample in the demo. I'm like, yeah, no kidding. Yeah. You know, um, so <laughs> I'm not a drummer. That was, yeah, yeah. So that was, um, that was also just fun. You know, we rehearsed twice and then we just recorded it. We, so we recorded it live, like us and everyone was playing at the same wow. time. Um, except the vocals. Like I just did a scratch vocal and I did the okay. vocals later. But besides yeah. that, everything was just, you know, it's basically beautiful. all in. Like, I, maybe I overdubbed some piano and okay. and the horn part was later, but yeah. Yeah. Well, the result is really powerful. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. thanks. It was fun. Yeah, no kidding. Um it is interesting to think about, uh, like one of the things, um, about people getting involved and you alluded to this in, in multiple ways, like having people that you trust that can bring some clear sightedness and some wisdom to whatever you're processing through and crafting is so valuable up to the point where it, um, gets in the way of telling what you want to tell or starts Mm -hmm. to dismantle the message that you have, the story that you've, you've got. And it sounds like your experience was finding people who have that wisdom and skill and they were a bit of a mirror to be able to say, Hey, this will better serve what you're the honesty you're bringing forward Mm -hmm. without ever Mm -hmm. dismantling your honesty. Does that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. In this case. Yeah. I think sometimes for sure you, you know, you, you can't really, I think at some point you're going to have a song where you're like, Oh, I should have listened to myself or, Oh, "Oh, I should have listened to that person. And you know, I think that's happened, but in this case, yeah, even the people that I got to work with, I think they, they themselves and their musicianship, like, resonated so much with me in general in my life in those same few years that Kara had been around that, you know, I, I was telling Patrick one time, like the odd time, there's like a little moment in some of the recordings where I'm like, man, I never really liked that, but I didn't, I didn't even want to change it. Cause it's more like I would prefer the memory of like, Oh, that's what so-and-so chose to play there. Mm-hmm. And I like him. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and he's great. So it almost, it was sort of that, you know what I mean? Like, like a family picture where somebody's like, Oh, I wish that my son matched us, but you're like, eh. And I don't mean it stuck out. Like it was totally. the wrong thing or anything more. just like, Oh, that's not what I would have had them do. But then I'm like, well, I could like spend half an hour trying to get them to do it. Or I could just yeah. enjoy it for what it is. So, yeah. Yeah. I love that because it um, protects and elevates the um, the individuality, the, the the actual personality of the community that you have assembled, mm-hmm. that you've got, uh, rather than annihilating the difference and prioritizing mm-hmm. your own intentions and your own con- ability to control or attempt controlling. Um, yeah. That surrender Yeah, that's beautiful. a good way of summing it up. Yeah. yeah. I'm so happy. Uh, it's not often or it's not always that uh, a project is easy. And it sounds like this, you know, you right. said it multiple times. So this sounds like it was such a gift to you. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, it really was. I mean, I think partly it was at a time when I hadn't been doing any like much creatively at all. Yeah. Like 
the church job can be creative and of course, you know, you have to be creative and troubleshooting life, but it's, it's not like I had a personal, um, chance to play or sing or write. And totally, right. I don't it's remember even outlet. bemoaning that fact. Yeah. I think mm. you just in general, when life is really stressful, you just sort of, you know, do the next thing, which is still where I'm at, but yeah. it has been, um, it's, it really has been sort of, um, exciting to just realize that, oh, things can still happen, mm-hmm. you know, eventually. Yes. <laughs> you know, yeah, you'll, really you'll eventually, yeah. And yeah. so therefore, even now with like little stages of the project, when I find myself getting like stressed about what the next thing will be or mm-hmm. whatever, I try and kind of just bear that in mind that, yeah, you know, it'll... It'll happen. It doesn't mean that I'll have devoted 40 hours of a work week to it that week because that's going to be impossible. But, you know, X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, in thinking of the next thing, I really do need to let you get to your next thing. Thank you (laughs) so much for spending time with me today. Yes. I really enjoyed this conversation. And I'm very excited for people to hear Cara, which is out tomorrow, August 3rd. Thanks so much, Tim. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode. If you liked this conversation, please share it with someone that you think may also enjoy it and leave us a rating wherever you're listening. It honestly helps people like you stumble on something new. You can find me on Instagram at Timothy Lenko and at Timothy Lenko Music. Anna, where can people find you and follow your work? On Instagram, you can follow Anna Paddock Music. And then, you know, Spotify, iTunes, Anna Paddock. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll share on my socials um, links to the the EP when it comes out tomorrow so people can find it. Thanks, Tim. Yeah. Thank you again, everybody, for listening. Join me again in two weeks when we'll talk with another artist about their craft. We'll see how the scheduling plays out and who it actually is. (laughs) Until then, have a good one. Mm